Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is up, Munroads? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is the Luton reaction show with a bit of Brentford mixed in there, since we haven't reacted that, to that one yet. But as always, it is Mick Moran and Christian Anderson, full named again. I'm, I'll probably forget next show, but here we are. Um, but yeah, before we get stuck into two boss 4-1 wins, um, back to the top of the table, uh, four points clear again for now, um, all, loads of boss stuff. And Christian, how are you doing, lad? How's it going? Very good, despite you know the, all the injuries that we talk about and the situation that we are in, in terms of players available or not. Um, I'm very good. I'm just enjoying this ride that we see with Liverpool now, and we will talk about it. But you know how many goals we have scored in recent games and the performance that we put in and the teamwork and you know the the great morality that is in the team as well. So um, I'm just busting at the moment because we're going towards the end of the season but we're going in a situation where it's difficult now because of the injuries um but you know it's just something about liverpool that i don't know it's just something special about this group of players that obviously klopp is the father of and now with his last you know season with us hopefully they can create something special you know we're obviously not there yet but it's just a great feeling and, and i enjoy every single second of this ride because you don't have that too often in life and there's so many supporters to teams out there that don't never experience this kind of roller coasters or great um moments in time being a supporter so um, i'm gonna just you know suck it all in and just enjoy it Exactly, milk it. That's what I always say. Like, just enjoy, (laughs) enjoy everything. Because I think it's this day and age, it's too easy just to be like worrying about other stuff and uh, injuries and whatever. And I was very worried last night. But before we get into last night, there was a another very good win over Brentford. Of course, we done the preview show and we were talking about like mini hoodoos not winning there since they got promoted at their place. Um, Going into the game. Salah being back in the squad, which was a, was a nice boost back on the bench. Um, but to go there and win 4-1 in the manner that we did, with the fact that we got the two injuries 
Uh, I think it was Jones and Jota within 10 minutes, was it? Uh, something like that. It was it's quite close together. Um, but I, I just I just think it's mad that if you if that happened to any other club, I mean, there's probably a few in the, maybe City or Arsenal in the Premier League who could like lose the striker and lose the first choice centre mid and just be, be able to change them and crack on. But when we get into Luton, that's I think that's going to be a different story when you're missing. I think it was eleven players we were missing. But just just on the Brentford game, then like we, we might as well talk about the goals quickly before we get stuck into Luton properly because that was the um, that was the proper satisfying one I thought in terms of both massively important. But I just thought the way the game was going, the Luton one was. A bit of a bit of a crazy one, but the Brentford one was, yeah, Nunes getting um getting his goal because I think we started the game all right, I guess. But you could see Brentford, you could see exactly what they were going to do. What what we said on the preview show, long balls, trying to get at the flick-ons, runs in behind. That's what the that's what they're so good at. Brentford are so good at those counter attacks, and it, it works against the bigger clubs because we we come out and we've there's those spaces in behind to penetrate and get in behind. So. But the the goal from Nunes, which we have to probably spend five minutes on, <laughs> fucking, it was, un- I can't even, I've, I've watched it again this morning and I've probably watched it about 40, 40 50 times anyway, but like just <laughs> the absolute hoof from Van Dijk because it's like, well, fuck this, clear it. Jota's little nod into his path, which is perfect. Then Nunes, like we're talking about him and we're like, we've, we've said before, like in situations where he's one-on-one, you're like, right, you could go around him, you're quick enough. You could slot it in the corner. You could you could p- p- play Jota back in quite easily. <laughs> he chooses the most difficult fucking option. He trade chips the keeper, and I was just like, I, I honestly couldn't believe it because what I really enjoyed, I loved the goal, but I also loved it was like a, a moment where after he's chipped it, it's in the air, and one of the moments I think I spoke about where you can hear the opposition in the background going away because he thinks he's they think they think he's fucked it. And then all of a sudden it lands in the back of the net and you could hear our fans going absolutely mental. But I just, I absolutely love that fella because he's, we say he's box office every single week, but the stuff that he's doing, he's just, he's taking the piss. He's taking the piss really, chipping the keeper when he's got so many options, but an absolute amazing goal in a key game at a key moment. Like the first goal in a game like this was was massive and and, and yeah, boss to see Nunes get it. Yeah, and, you know, you're talking about all the times that hits the bar or the post. And, you know, in terms of, you know, we look at the stats, but, you know, in his mind, he's the best striker in the world. He's got so much self-confidence. He just do it. And I know that it's been discussed, uh, you know, here and there and about how, you know, something, I think it was Michael Owen, obviously being a striker himself, talking about, you know, how, how you can finish as a striker with, you know, simple finishing, I would say. Well, it's not simple, but you practice it and you do the right finishing, the ones that are, you know, more um, of a chance to actually go into the net. Uh, this one is not the one. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree with what he said. You know, you, you should sometimes maybe be experienced and learn that you're going to be you do the simple stuff like you you're one-on-one with the keeper just take it to the side and you know let him just lay down or and you can just put it in or you can pass to jot or whatever you can do the 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 right decisions if you like but you know instead he does the, the hardest bit and the hardest finishing um but it's brilliant and that's why we love him and that's what i want to see you know i you know, when I lived in England and went to the match, that that's the things you want to see if you pay for your team. You want to see us, us win, obviously. But that's what you want to see as a football supporter, if, even if you're in the stands or if you're in front of the TV. 
that's that is the moments you do live for you know when you score brilliant goals or doing stupid things you don't want to see it every time you want to see him be clever in front of goal but when it does that at that time you know it just makes you happy you know it makes you feel uh, you know it's boss that is playing for us and you you can see that he got so much in his locker you know the talent he do, has and I love the fact like I started this rant <laughs> the self-confidence you know he never lets anything bring him down when he misses or hits the post or whatever he just continues and that's what I love with him because it's it's shown mental strength from his side and yeah the finish is boss and I think if he can just continue like this now with the way that he plays and being involved you know not just only now even post Klopp because so obviously with the next manager coming in he's got so much so much that you know you can't look away and he will be you know the main man uh, in the front three for us you know going forward it's, it's brilliant I love him and everyone knows Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows it definitely we do um but yeah what a guy and, and i mentioned like the injuries as well like so jones gets injured and gravenberg comes on and um jota gets injured and salah comes on so salah comes on 10 minutes after the after the goal just before half time and you're thinking it's not too bad but because salah's just back from injury to play him for 45 minutes was probably wasn't on the um, script. He was probably going to bring him on for maybe the last 10, maybe 15, mm-hmm. um, just to give him 10, 10 minutes in the legs. Um, but yeah, going in at 1-0, I think the, I was so happy that we were 1-0 up, of course, because it's so massive, but the, the two injuries just kind of soured it a little bit. You just thought Brentford is a decent side. They're more than capable of um, getting on the ball and, and making stuff happen. And I mean, bringing on Gravenberg and Salah is... It's not it's not too bad, is it? Really, when you, when you consider subs and and you're looking at um, the bench and you can bring on players of that caliber, which is it's, it's just ridiculous. Like when we say like squad depth and other and, and other stuff in previous years where we've not really added this year, which is just game by game, it's ridiculous. Like you might think they're not, they might be like a bit depleted in terms of co- and, and, uh, confidence or energy levels in terms of what they've been showing. I think Graven Birch in particular, but I think coming in, back into the side and showing. His quality again, I think, was yeah, was boss. But and we going into the um, second half, and I, I think again, like the, the second goals, that's a key, a key time. Like McAllister, like ten minutes after the half, and Salah's involved, and he, he does what Salah does, and he's he's not just a goal machine, like we always say, he's an assist machine as well. He's he really is like a a proper creator, and he's 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 fully on board with that and the little pass into in, into Macher. And I think on the on one of the previous shows we were saying like. When since Endos came back, McAllister maybe looked not lost, but I think like being out of that six position a little bit as maybe took him a game or two just to get back into it. But since then, he's been back to back to himself. But getting into those positions where that's why we want him further up the field because that that coolness in the box where he takes that touch and then um, just gets a toe, a big Argentinian toe on it, and it goes in the back mm-hmm. of the net. And especially again, like I always I always reference timing of goals. I always think it's so massive and. To get it the second on fifty five, just kills them off a bit because I think then that prompts them then to like, well, now we need to bring on subs. We need to go even more gung ho, so it leaves more spaces for us. So it's all about like those t- those moments where you need to take your chances. And I think yeah, a massive goal and, and boss to see McAllister. I think it was his, it's a second goal for the club. So and let long may it continue. 
Yeah, the first goal was a screamer, I guess, for them. So, you know, what a, what a strike <laughs> that was, man. Know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you in, in everything there. Like, Salah comes on, obviously, because of the injury. But, you know, and, you know, looking looking at it now with the facts, obviously, that was too early for him because of the, the, the injury situation that is at this moment. But, you know, when he comes in, he still, you know, have has such an impact on the game, even though he's been out playing Africa Cup and then been out injured. He comes in, have that assist, and, you know, he's evolved straight away. So that proves how much Salah is, you know, a, a, an important player for, not only for us, but just the way he comes in and, you know, have an impact in football games. You know, he's a superstar. He's got all the qualities, you know, and we, we know that, obviously. But, you know, some, because he's playing every week, we also are very used to, you know, well, we know he's going to score or assist and stuff. But when he's been out for a bit and the, the team has actually been playing very well without him, then you see when he comes in that he's straight on, have this impact. And sometimes you don't, you think like, well, the others are not playing so well. He comes in, maybe he will make that rhythm wobble a bit, you know, like because now they need to change a little bit as well because they've been playing so good in form, the other three. But, you know, it's it's never really a problem. He just comes in and does what he does best. And obviously with the assist and the goal, like you said, in the 50, what was it like, 50, minute 55, 55 something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a perfect timing of scoring the second goal because it's Brentford away. We're leading 1-0 after a bus goal from Nunez. But then to get 2-0 up away against them when we need when we need to win, we obviously know that we need to win this game. It's another cup final, if you like. And then to score that go in that moment just I wouldn't say it kills the game but it takes loads of you know energy off them like it just go you know deflates them in a way and be like oh fucking hell um and you know you talked about Jones getting injured Jota getting injured and at that moment we obviously didn't know how serious the injuries would be but to see uh, you know a lad that, uh, as Gravenberch coming in and doing really well and we talk about him doing great in the Luton game as well um you know it's just Obviously, it's not ideal, but to have those kind of players on the bench that can come in and do a job for us and, and got the quality being young, you know, and being having so much talent and quality that can be, be developed going forward as well. You know, he's he's been given shit from some, you know, fans, especially on Twitter. Obviously, we know how it is there. But, you know, I don't understand the moan about, you know, oh, it's this or that, maybe, you know, even Gakpo. And, and now we've seen them play, you know, in the two games since the injuries. And they've been brilliant. So... Again, I would say stop moaning and complain about players that are actually quality players. Everyone can't play at the same time, but we got such a good squad that when someone is actually out, now we got many you know players out. So it's not ideal, but when we got some players out, then we can actually put them in on the on the pitch. It still doesn't make us worse, or you know we're less better. We're actually very very good still. So. You know, to see him come in and perform like that, even if that's because of an injury that we don't like, obviously. Um, I'm just happy for him that, you know, he shows that he got the levels, that he can, you know, tell the supporters to doubt him that I, I got quality to play in this team. So, yeah, that was brilliant. And 2 nil up at that time with the players that we had, you know, on the pitch, you know, uh, Brentford away. You can't complain, really, can you? Yeah, I think it's interesting with the, uh, like the injury stuff you mentioned. Like, I think it is like, it is like the perfect catch-22 situation for Liverpool because... These players that are on the bench, like the Gravenberches and the Gakpos, if they're out of form, they won't be in the eleven because there's players in better form, they're scoring more goals, etc., etc. So when they come on the field for 15 minutes and they've not got enough time, then they're going to be on the bench again, unless they, I don't know, score a trick or whatever. But then if someone gets injured, then they're coming onto the field, they're playing more minutes, then they're, they're making themselves into, they're getting, they're playing themselves into form. So it's it's one of them things that. You can't just expect someone to be on the bench and play 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, and then come onto the pitch every time and be amazing. 
it's it's one of them that when they get that rhythm, I think we have got quite a lot of rhythm players that um, thrive on playing every week. I think that I think maybe the the Gravenbergs and the and the Gakpos are, are two big um, signifiers of that. Because I think Gravenberg, I think the more he plays, the more he'll get used to the, the league, the, the, the intensity. I think the games that he's played, the Brentford and Luton game, high intensity needs to fly into tackles stuff that maybe is in his natural game. He's more of a He's silky as fuck, like those little drag backs and touches he does to go past people. He's one of the best I've I've seen at doing that. It's it's he's ridiculous. I think he's one of them that he's he's only getting um, he's only allowed the chances because of the injuries. And of of course we don't want the injuries. So it's like it's one of them. Like to, but to have, like you said, the, the main point is to have the options. That's the main thing. Like we always say, like having these people on the bench. We've said it before. Like they're always gonna coming Andy, they're going to always have to come in and pull the weight and make sure that they get back up to speed and back up to form and, and, we're, and we're seeing that thankfully um, and then yeah, we, we we make it even better, 13 minutes later Salah gets on the score sheet and then 3-0 20 minutes to go, you're like right, we're, we should be alright here, of course mm-hmm. um, Brentford going on score like 7 minutes later, Ivan Tony and uh, Kelleher makes a good save and then they score off her um, but then we, we, we seal it off with Gakpo. Just I, I love like these players that were like scoring recently, and it's just like because it's so shared around all the goals, we're not really like thinking oh he's at ease in form like Diaz. Like I think it's like under the radar a little bit how good they're playing. Um, and we'll get onto yeah. Diaz and like how many chances he had last <laughs> night, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but I love that. Like we're like everyone's chipping in with goals. I think that's it's so vital, especially when. Like you, you, your main goal scorer goes off to Afcon and then gets injured and then comes back and he's not fully fit and you need to share the goals around. I think it's it's such a massive asset to have, isn't it? Yeah, you know it's brilliant. Then with Gakpo, you know, coming on and then obviously with the with the assist um, to Salah, you know, which is a strong one, obviously on his head. You know, he's he's a big lad, even though he's quick and stuff and with t- technique as well. But you know, he got that assist and then he scores as well. A great goal, you know, great finish. Uh, a finish that we would see Darwin Nunez, you know, do more in those situations. Just you know, really hard, just down on the floor without the keeper having a chance. Um, you know, we had I had people on on Twitter during the game when both Gravenberg and Gakpo obviously on the pitch at the same time, we're moaning about it, uh, say, you know, it's because they, so, you know, in some games, maybe they haven't been at the top. They haven't, like you said, yeah. it probably, depend. you know, depends because of they haven't played that much. So exactly. they haven't got the rhythm. And sometimes, yes, it can look a little bit sleepy and they don't come up into the levels that you expect them to do. But that's quite normal because they're playing all the time. But, you know, I, I had to reply to that tweet and say, oh, he's shit, Gakpo. No, no, you know, first an assist for Salah and then a goal. You know, it must be so shit to have him on the pitch. Obviously, we don't want the injuries and, you know, Gravenberg as well. You know, he he provided a strong challenge that made the ball go, go to Salah when he uh, passed it into Alec, uh, to McAllister. So he scored. So Gravenberg had a had a part in that goal as well because he was very physical, strong in a moment where he won yeah. the ball. So, you know, they're playing their part. They're doing their job. So stop, you know, moaning and doubting them because, yeah, they might not be the best option in terms of form when you look at Curtis Jones and, you know, Jota as well, you know, playing because they've been brilliant and with the McAllisters and even Soberslies out, obviously. But, you know, they might not be the first option. They might not be the best option always, but they, they are a good enough option when we need them. And that's the main point. They're not like Christian Paulson and fucking Koscheskis and shit. They're actually <laughs> quality players being very young and still very 
you know, like I said before, they have plenty of time to develop these players, and they got so much, you know, talent that you you think like, well, they they they're so young. Like Gakpo, obviously a little bit older than Graham Birch, but you know, he's only twenty one. So instead of you saying, oh, they're on the pitch at the same time, this is shit and stuff, and then you see Gakpo going being one of the best players on the pitch, assisting and scoring, and Graham Birch puts in a shift and everything. So I don't understand why you put such a negative mindset on two players that you see performing great. And then, you know, people can turn and be like, oh, yeah, they did great. Yeah, but that's the thing. Stop giving them shit before they actually have the chance to prove themselves. If they are shit in two, three games in a row and don't do anything and they're very out of form, yes, I can understand. Then you can go and say, well, they're not good enough at the moment. They should put on the bench if we don't have, obviously, the injuries. But to say they are shit before they actually even kick the ball on the pitch when they're coming on or whatever, it's just very weird supporting, I guess. You know, being that kind of support, I don't understand. I, I, you know what? I must have blocked all them people because I haven't seen anyone say that. So I'm, I'm loving life over here. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've seen no one shit talk, and I've, I think yeah. I've just, I've blocked that many people. I just surround myself with like-minded people because otherwise, I go crazy. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> Twitter's, Twitter's. But I, I, I know what, I know what you mean because it would be easy to find. You only have to search grab the word Gravenberg or the word Gakpo. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> scroll down, but we, yeah, we know we know what we think of Twitter. It's a, just a mad, mad place. Um, but like you said, they got a goal by, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, by Gakpo to to finish the game off, and yeah, it was just a a nice ending to that game, and you could just chill then four one, and then we, of course, have to talk about last night where, um, yeah, we were talking about the injuries, and we we didn't realize. I guess we kind of knew Jota because he got stretched off. Uh, we knew that was going to be a bad one, but Jones out, um, Jota out, then Sa- then then Salah's out, and then Nunes is out. Turns out mm. when we get them close to the close to the, to the kickoff, and you're like, "Wow, this is going to be." I mean, it's it, these games. It's like because of the injuries, Matt. It's like it is setting itself up for an upset, and obviously the commentators love it. The um, rival fans, Arsenal fans, and City fans are like, "Oh yeah, come on, there's a massive chance here for Luton." Everton yeah. fans are probably cheering us on, which is probably a weird thing. They probably celebrated every all four goals, last night, <laughs> which is a nice thing to think about. Yeah. Um, but it's like when you're you're looking at the lineup and you, and you're missing all those players going into this Luton game, it's like fucking hell. If you if you, I mentioned earlier, like if you like Jones and Joth coming off, and like only maybe City or Arsenal could bring on similar quality to them for, to to lose those quality, but then to go into this game and miss. All of them players, I, I honestly believe there's no other club in world footy who could be missing 11 players, albeit I think probably I think seven of them are like ones who played often this year, but yeah. even still seven players who played, who would be in the first team pretty much, not available, and to go on and <laughs> just make it harder for ourselves, of course, like we always do, we go 1-0 down, Luis Diaz, I think, had, I think he had six shots in that first half, and me and you were texting like, Fucking hell, every time we get through on goal, we either just fuck it wide or we just, the right, like Elliot tried to pass and it went um, just a little bit too much on it and Diaz couldn't get on the end of it. And then Klopp has to go at the uh, main stand, absolutely tears some fella's head off, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and yeah, and, and in all, in around all of that, they they score on, on a counter-attack and that's what, the, that's what they're good at. And you're going into half-time, 1-0 down and you're like, is it going to be one of them games? And but the way it turned out in the second half, I mean, I would have two one would have been lovely. I mean, 
the way we were playing in that, that first half, I mean, we were making chances, but it just seemed like we could play in them games where you could play for 180 minutes and you'd be like, you'd never score because it's just it's yeah. just not happening. But missing the players, like missing Allison, missing Trent, Sobersly, Nunes, Jota, Matip. Yeah, oh. no, it's... it's, when, it's when, you it... list, when you list them, it's, it is ridiculous. And when, and when you've got Harvey Elliott right wing, you've got Gakpo putting a massive shift up top, you've got Diaz doing the same on the left. Endo and McAllister, ridiculous. We'll get into them, but it was just a, it was just a mad game overall, weren't it? But one again, where it shows just how. I mean, I've never really wanted to talk about like mentality monsters after like Klopp dubs as that like a few years ago, but the way we're going and every time we're any slight adversity, we seem to know how to like find the answer, and I just, I just find that like it's so, it's sat, it's very satisfying. Um, but it, it shows the quality that we've got throughout the squad as well. Yeah, and, you know, I want to mention what you started off with there, like the, the list of players that we are missing, when Alisson, Trent, Soboslai, uh, Salah, Nunez, um, you know, Jones, Jota. Um, you know, I saw someone posting, like, uh, starting 11 or players that are out and, you know, saying uh, it, might, it might have been the Redmen, I don't know. Um, but, you know, said something about this starting 11 of the injured players would, you know, Go and beat that. any team in the in the world on the yeah. day. You know they put up a fight against any of their world's best teams, uh, and it's weird that they are all out. And we still, we still, obviously, the first half was not good. We, I think, you know, against Luton, we, you know, I had again Twitter. Sorry to bring it up, but you know, people saying we were shit. <laughs> but you know, I was like, we're not shit. We, you know, we're owning them totally. We're dominant. It's just the final third, the final ball, the final finish. That is shit, and we need to sort that out. But you know, apart from the goal that they got because of a you know counter attack, they got the they, they had a shot. You know, it went on Callahan up, and they scored. You know, moments like them can happen. It's not like you can prevent every every single chance or minute chance that a team will have against you because we're really good on defend. You know, with defending with in terms of we've got you know Van Dijk who's you know, brilliant in Kwanzaa and Konat and, and and the other lads as well. You know, helping out in uh, in defense, but it's it's not one of them where you you um, dominate the ma- majority of the of the game. And I I was not nervous. You know, you look at the starting eleven and thinking it is what it is. You know, but we still got quality there. We got you know uh, McAllister, we got Endo, we got Gakpo, we got Diaz, we got Van Dijk, we got you know Bradley. We know he's good. You know, Calais is not bad. You know, we still got a good team on, on, on the pitch. So let's just, you know, see what they can do. And then I think, you know, we start off really well. I, th- I didn't think Luton had anything except for that goal. And yes, they came on counterattacks at some points, but it was never any, any danger really. And then obviously we couldn't finish and score because we, we were texting, like you said, saying we, we could have been at least one nil up or even two nil up here if Definitely. we were more clinical. But it didn't happen. They scored. And yes, it's one of them. But when people say we were shit, it's a fucking disgrace. I've never seen us this bad. I was like, fucking hell, we've been dominating the whole the whole first half. It's just yeah. the final third and the clinical in the finish that we need to sort out. Yeah. It's not it's the- that bad. If, if they were on us all the time, having shots on target, you know, making us being, you know, running back, chasing, having loads of troubles, I would agree. But that was not hap- happening. So sometimes people just see things very weirdly, I guess. But, you know, I sensed when we were going half time, like you said, that might be one of them where we just, I wrote to you as well, we might just push and push and push for a goal and they will counter in 2-0 and exactly. then it's probably over because it's going to be, 
you know, something that takes our energy out of us because we've been working so hard. But the team that come out in the second half, like you said, you refer um, refer to the mentality monsters, and you can say what you want about that or think what you want about that. But I think you know it's part of it. But also, I would say we're there, you know, that working our socks off. Uh, monsters as well because the way they go out as a team Crazy. together and do that second half is you know one of the best halves I've seen for a long long yeah. time from a Liverpool team and we've seen some great fucking halves even even yeah. if it's what the first or second half yeah you know it's just it's just unbelievable how they go together as as the collective as a team and that's what I love they work for each other they got the morality for each other, respect for each other to try to turn this around. And my God, did they turn it around in a brilliant way? You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. And with all the injuries, you know, you have to give credit to all the players that was on that pitch and performing that in the second half last night. Yeah, I think Chelsea, like recently, that was like one of the best performances for ages. Definitely one of the best, like first halves for ages. And yeah, the second half last night is, is definitely up there and only because because of how good it was but also when you you factor in all the missing fellas like all the missing lads and you can still put in a performance like that I mean it's it's absolutely it's it's incredible it really is but we, we need to stop obviously we need to talk about the goals um captain captain steps up to the plate um he was dying to get on an header in the first half you could see he was getting dragged all over the gaff that first half like and he never makes a fuss of it he never dives or get, like falls over He's always trying to stay up and gives as good as he gets. But the second half, I just had a, I was hoping that one of them corners would would because there's quite often where play corners in and it flies over everyone's head and it's like, well, now the second ball needs and needs needs to be pretty good. Otherwise, that corner is like a bit. It's a bit of a waste, really. <clears throat> um, but yeah, he gets his head on it. Um, nice little knee slide. Does his little celebration, little whatever that is, the little fucking thing under his chin. I can't I can't explain it. It's weird, but it's funny. Um and then yeah, fifty six minutes into the game, you're like, right, we've twenty five minutes here to mm-hmm. to properly just build on this. And it was at that moment I was like, right, it's not gonna be one of them games. Thank fuck it's not gonna be one of them games because we've actually scored a goal. Um I think Mike Mike Reeds he sent me something before the game. and he has I don't think he's posted this. I don't know if I should say this, but he said I think he said something like the top goal scorer in that eleven was Van Dijk, I think. <laughs> which I thought was just like wow. It says a lot that like he scored the most goal for goals for us out of all them players, and then he goes and gets the first goal. I think it was quite, um, quite yeah. I just love the like how synchronized that was. Like he went, he, the captain stepped up and um, and got the goal, and it was a, a lovely goal. And it was like at that moment, we're like right now. I think you said it in the group chat straight away. Right now, fucking get on them. I think you said certain words yeah, that yeah. I was like, right, yeah. this is go the with time the momentum. Now. Yeah, exactly. Go with the momentum there because you know we're in, we're in we're in the zone, we're in the mode, and you know Anfield, you know just this big roar from the crowd came up from that goal, obviously, and you know the atmosphere was just ramped up and was brilliant from that goal and going into the second goal that we talk about. But you know, I I think you know. <laughs> When you talk about, you know, Van Dijk and obviously he had his down moments after injuries and, you know, last season where everyone was shit. But, you know, <laughs> I saw something about Carragher say, you know, he's he's the best defender the Premier League has ever seen by a mile or something like that. And, you know, I, I'm a Liverpool fan. I know that. But, you know, I agree because I have not seen a defender. And obviously from the moment he arrived at Liverpool and the way he played since then and the 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 levels he 
shown and you know the the bar that he raised in terms of being a central defender in the modern football i have not seen anyone being as good as him all over as it comes to you know being great on his head you know reading the game good with his feet composure calmness scoring goals um, there's a few up there, but you know, I think he's the best one that we've ever seen. Uh, and you know, to be the captain to score that goal and to get the crowd going brilliantly. And I think, you know, he we we just have to, you know, sometimes remind ourselves that he's not gonna play for us forever. And you know, being the best one that we ever seen, you know, when he when he leaves or when he finishes career or whatever, you will be like, Will we see another one being at that level? you know, when or if, you know, it's sometimes you have to remind yourself that, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing history being made in the moment, but you won't exactly. remember it until obviously afterwards and be like, fucking hell, he was good him, you know? So yeah, brilliant, brilliant goal. And we needed to ride on that way, which we did obviously. Yeah. I think, it, I think it is interesting because it's like, it's like this team, this manager, this defender, yeah. Van like this winger Mo Salah like we're seeing them now but you you can appreciate it as much as you can but it's only like five years time or hopefully 10 years time or whatever Van Dyke's what 33 this year so hopefully he can go for another five years at least at the top level like Thiago Silva's doing it so why can't Van Dyke? um mm. it's only like after when you get a new wave and a new manager and new players move on and you're like oh Canelli was the best and I think it says a lot that all these defenders now, like coming through, will be like, I want to, I want to be Virgil Van Dijk. That, yeah. I think that says a lot. Like they want to be good, and I think there's been so many good defenders in the past who are very good, uh, yeah. John Terry and Ferdinand and whatever. But like being good at everything in this era of footy, like being fast, being strong, having being able to pass like a midfielder, being able to score goals, being able to tackle, like every like <laughs> every stat you need to be an amazing defender in this current game. Yeah. He's got it, and he's the best at it. And it's like, uh, it's incredible that one. If you wanted to build a defender <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a machine, you'd be like, "Well, I would fuck the machine." Like, there's, there's a fellow there. He's got everything. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, um, you ask AI if they can build the best defender. And, they will put Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. You know, it's... I mean, it is amazing. He's like I said, he's had his down. He's had his down moments, and he, he's the first to admit that he's got massive standards for himself. And I think, especially the Arsenal game where he at that fuck up and stuff it's so unlike him so when it, anything ever happens like it's always been oh look what Van Dyke did and then I think a couple of years ago against Spurs he slipped over that's that's still getting like put on Twitter now I still see that now and again when he fell yeah, over that's and the only then, thing they have on him that's what I mean he's got the clips of him doing something wrong or him falling over or like slipping or, or whatever I just I just think it's like because the bar's so so high it's ridiculous but again I just love that He's been at the club for so long. Now he's captain, and it's Klopp's last season. I'm just hoping, like it's like set up perfectly for him to lift lift his first um, lift lift the Premier League. Obviously, hopefully, yeah, he'll lift his first trophy on on Sunday for us. Um, but to be lifting the Premier, yeah, I don't even want to talk about. It. I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I just absolutely love the fella. And then, like you said, um, get on them straight away. We fucking did get on them straight away because we scored within two minutes, and it was like that is like. I love the way, like, when the first goal goes in, it's like, it, it is what you want from a team when you've got, like, the bit between your teeth and you're like, right, we've got these here. But you need to do it within the next, like, five minutes, really. You need to get that goal pretty quick. Otherwise, they're going to be like, right, we've 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 rode that wave. We can now focus on exactly. getting back up the field. But they couldn't do that because we didn't allow them to. And I think yeah. Rob Edwards, like, their manager, referenced it lovely at the end of the game where he was saying, that's Anfield, like, the atmosphere is so 
so good that our players couldn't hear themselves. They couldn't speak to each other because it was too loud. And when it gets like that, the play, like the synchronization, I love, I just fucking love that where the players and the crowd basically become one. It might, it might yeah. sound cringy to someone who, who's not a Liverpool fan, but it's complete, like they completely plug into each other. And it's like, right, use it's it the fuck. truth. Use a fuck now because you can, there's no way you're winning this game. And it's happened so many times where it's like, it's not just a fluke anymore. It happens and it happens at usually Champions League games, but there's some games like this one where it just crops up and it goes, right, that was a game where everything clicked in that moment. And it was like, wife, you're getting battered now. I think the Gakbo goal was just like another another step to us just being like, right, we're just going to absolutely score as many as we want here now. Yeah, you know that goal is a little bit, obviously it's great and, and 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 well done, but it's also a little bit of luck. But that's the luck you get when you get the energy from the first goal, and you and you like you said synchronize with the with the supporters and the way that the team goes on straight after the loot and you know kicks off the game again. Uh, they go straight at them, and they, this chance comes up, and you know McAllister just you know fucking you know he blasts that goal into the penalty area, and and Gakpo's head is just there, and he just you know makes it go into the goal. It doesn't have to do anything than just direct the ball because it's so hard. And sometimes you have that luck when you're in that kind of zone and moment after the first goal because you're you're feeling the self-confidence, you feel the crowd behind you and you've been lifted by that. And that's when you need to take those opportunities. And, it, it, you know, and it arised and it was there and he scored and, you know, the cool... Um, celebration you know not doing nothing just walking towards the <clears throat> the, uh, the the supporters was brilliant but you know we got that 2-1 and you know i guess i wouldn't say you know it's totally killed off luton uh it kind of did but you know i guess that's the moment where they go like off oh, you know this is yeah yeah you know, it, it's done now because of the crowd, the atmosphere, the the way the Liverpool played. Because we came out running at them from you know in the second half from the start, and you know when we scored that goal, I just think you know that kind of momentum that you get from scoring two goals in two minutes and turn the game around after being one nil down, it just gives you something special when you're playing at home. So it would be a really difficult task for them to you know get something out of the game uh, from Luton, obviously. Yeah, and then and Diaz then. We mentioned like the first half, he had so many chances and he was, I think the first one he had in the game where he's literally threw on goal, lovely ball by Keller and he's in. It was so early on. I think it just caught him a bit cold and he was just like, he, I don't think he was quite ready in that moment to take them steps in either than just whip it bottom corner because we know he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, and he misses them chances and obviously we said it feels like one of them games. And then once we're in that synergy and we're in that type of energy where we're just, anything's going to go in, he gets the goal, and I love that he missed all them chances, but he still had the uh, presence of mind and the confidence just to, to to score the way he did. And I think, like just ten minutes after the um, after the Gakpo goal, it's like, well, now the game is definitely done at three-one. But just having the just having the confidence again, like you've missed loads of chances, but don't let it get you down. Just keep going, and it's the, it's that thing that we say about most of these players, like or all of the players, in fact, like and like. The mentality, like it just like it doesn't matter if it goes wrong. Like I'm sure Darwin Nunes gets told it every single day. Like it doesn't matter if you miss three, you'll score the fourth or or whatever. If you miss two, you'll score the third or whatever it is. Just keep going until you get get the goal, until you get the assist, until you make the like you said the grab with Gravenberg where you make that block and then it makes a goal. Like those little things are so key in, in games, and I think we we see that so often now with this side. And but I was just made up for um. For Diaz to um, to to get that goal because now we've got um, five different players um, who've now reached ten goals in a season for the Reds. 
for the second time in the last eight seasons. So again, like we said earlier, like spreading out the goals, but to get to have five different players on ten plus goals um, already is just a massive sign of just how how good these lads are. Yeah, and I'm happy for him, you know, because we already talked about before, you know, the all the things that he went through with his dad. Obviously, in the in the stands as well, because you know they were filming yeah. him when he scored, uh, you know, and <laughs> all that love, shit. You know, I love with that as well. Like he is so the the celebration, and then he's got like his, obviously Liverpool's top on with the gloves, and then a cut to his dad, and he's got the same like the top on with the same the, the basically the same gloves, and look, <laughs> just look just like it just panned over, and I was like, it looks the exact same. Just I love that bit. I love that. Yeah, but you know, I'm happy for him because, like you said, the way you know you can you can say, oh, he's been out of form, he's been in form. You know, we can see that he's coming back to his best, but he hasn't scored as much maybe as we we know that he can do. He got the skills for it, and he needs to maybe be more a little bit more direct and actually find those moments, but. You know, he keeps on going. He has his moments in the first half where we both, like we said, we were texting each other and saying, you know, he needs to at least hit the target because, you know, you need to make the goalkeeper work. You can't just come into these chances and not hit the target. You know, you might miss the target once, but, you know, to miss it like three, four times, it'd be like, come on, you're 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 a striker here. So you need to, you know, make the goalkeeper work. Um, But... He doesn't let him down. You know, he continues to work hard. He's always on the defenders. He's always running at them with the ball, you know, trying to do things. And I love that because that's the way Nunez does as well. And it's probably a very much a South American thing and mentality as well because they just keep on going with their energy. You know, they're a little bit mad, I would say. But I love that, though. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's, he's he's coming there and he's scoring the goal. And you can just see how it, much it means to him and obviously his family and his dad and that. But it means loads for us as well. 3-1 three, three and, you know, it's all done. Um, um, and he knows that as well. And that's the way, you know, you look at him celebrating because he knows as well. Now we won this game, you know, after turning it around, being one nil down and, you know, another cup final, as we like to say, because we need to win every game, basically. Um, so I'm, I'm just made up for him. And it means that, you know, he he's also someone that comes in with a confidence in goal scoring. And we look ahead at the final on Sunday. You know, we, we, we know that there is an injury situation. We don't know who's going to be available in terms of, obviously, uh, Salah and Nunez, we don't really know where they are. We'll see. But, you know, to have Gakpo scoring, um, Diaz scoring, you know, the, the front man now because of the injuries, it means that it's great for us going forward, but it's also, mean, you know, means it's great for them personally because they provide and contribute to this team. And, you know, we know that we've got the quality. So I'm just, you know, happy that they are. We're not, obviously, we're missing the players that are injured, we are, but we are not missing them as much as you know, you would think uh, uh, that we would do. But, you know, at the moment, the other, the other players stepping up, doing the work. It's not ideal, but they're doing the work and that's what I respect them for and love them for, obviously. Yeah, I think if you can have your, your, your second string and in inverted commas doing like a good representation of what the first the first lads would be doing, then you're absolutely smashing it. I think we're seeing that as well, um, which, is, which is, again, like you said, as boss. And I just want to talk about like the... Mike Reed's getting a lot of shouts in here. Optus, Mike Reed. We'll probably I'll probably have to do a stat show with them, but I've probably used all the material. Sorry, Mike. But um, just after the goal, Bobby Clark comes on for Gravenberg, who again, like we said, was was very good in in, in this game. I thought um, McConnell comes on for McAllister, and Jaden Dans comes on um, for Luis Diaz. So Neil Dans's son, which I just think is just like when you get these like footy manager like son regens who are like. Having like Lee Clark and Neil Dan's sons on the field together in a, in a game, <laughs> it's just I I I love shit like that. But um, yeah, Mike posts like a a stat, so it basically says in Harvey Elliott twenty, 
Gerald Kwanzaa, 21, Gravenberg, 21, Bradley, 20, Bobby Clark, 19, James McConnell, 19, and Jaden Dans, 18. Last night versus Luton was the first time in our history that they had seven players aged 21 or younger play in the same league game. I think it's it's a perfect testament to what Klopp is about. Like he always says, don't want to buy players if I don't have to because there's, I want to leave the pathway for the youngsters. And he, he's that's literally he stood by that the whole way he's been at the club. I think yeah. it's it's sad in a way that like he's like leaving now, and there's so many good young players that you just absolutely love for him to see through like another like just like let's let's see through um Jaden Dance till he's twenty two or twenty one and see where yeah. he's at then under like Klopp's like tutelage and, like it's yeah. just it, it is it is mad. But again it's it's a sign of like like not just our academy because obviously some of them players um we've we've bought and, and brought in um but it's again it's a sign of like just building those those youth players up and and, get, and even if we're signing them from other clubs at, at a younger age they're coming to our club because they know it's the best opportunity for them to be them to be the best version of themselves not just because they're going to get chances but because they're going to be under Jurgen Klopp as well which yeah like we always say like you, any any other player goes to any other club if you bring them to Liverpool instead nine times out of ten they're going to be a better player than they would be going into any other club that's just the way it is that's just the way just the way it lands. I always, I always say Jaden Sancho, if they came to us, I think he'd be boss now, Timo Werner, I think the same. Like there's loads of players where it's the it's the perfect environment we've created here. And that's why I'm a little bit sad because when he leaves, of course, that's gonna change because all the back staff, backroom staff go, Klopp leaves and all that. But in terms of like the staff I've just mentioned, like it's just so it's boss, isn't it? When you can bring on players like that and they can have an impact in the game and they're not just making up the numbers, they're they're coming on because the they deserve it as well because the stuff they're doing in training. Yeah, and I read something on Twitter as well that, you know, since Jürgen Klopp came into our club, he's, uh, I think he's had like 42 or 45 youngsters having their, you know, debut for the first team or something like that, wow. which means he's given like five youngsters a year the, the chance to prove themselves in the first team, which says a lot about our academy, about Klopp, and obviously how they develop talent, how they find talent. So, you know, the, the future is bright in that sense. You know, not everyone will make it to the highest level and play for Liverpool long term. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure many of the youngsters that we see now on the bench coming in, like Clark, you know, Dan's, you got obviously uh, Gordon, but he's playing obviously in the under-21 after his injuries and stuff. But you got them there and you got McConnell and Bradley obviously showing, you know, what, he's, what he can do since he broke through in the first team. There's loads of players there that I think we will see in the future playing for Liverpool. You know, it might be... 20 games, it might be 50, it might be 100, like uh, Elliot that we will talk about soon. But, you know, I'm sure they will play their part. Some of them will be moved on. Yes, that's still the way it is. But I feel that so many of them have the levels to have an impact and, you know, play a part in the Liverpool team. Whether there will be, like I said, a couple of games or a 10, 10 games, or if it would be a long-term thing, I think they got the quality to, to at least try and prove themselves and and try to get to that level which is good so because some some youngsters you can see and you know that they don't get it uh they don't have it which is sad but you can see that these players have been molded into the youth from the youth teams in the way that we play in the same kind of system how we play you can see, see straight away when on the pitch they know their roles and they know what to do the only thing that you can see sometimes the difference is obviously being un, unexperienced and don't have the same maybe strength but you can see that they understand how we play and that's a very good start, you know, when it comes to coming on and having an impact, like Dan's had, and we will talk about that now, I guess. 
Yeah, and and, and we'll, we'll talk about Elliot because we might as well talk about the um, the goal because, like you said, Dan's getting um, gets involved and he, he plays it, he wins it back and he plays it through, and then Elliot scores on his um, make a four one on his hundredth Liverpool appearance. I just think that's uh, it's mad because he's he, he's he's still only twenty, but um, it, I always he, he always just feels older in in my head because he's been yeah. around for so long and again Mike Reed and Robin are the start. He's the fourth youngest in our history to reach a hundred appearances. So the only three quicker are Michael Owen, Raheem Sterling and Robbie Fowler. Um mm-hmm. so we've done it quicker than Trent, done it done it quicker than Phil Tomo, done it quicker than Steven Gerrard, which I think is mad. Yeah. And I think him and the goal and capping off his performance where again like we said first half it wasn't quite there. He was snatching a shot as Maybe overplaying those through balls a little bit too much, but he keeps yeah. going, he keeps working, he runs even eight minutes at injury time. I think 90, 90 plus seven, he was still running his ass off, closing stuff down. It's like the game's done, it's 4 1. You could be like, you could be, you could forgive him a little bit, just be like, oh, I won't put a hundred percent in in case I pull a hammy and I'm out of Sunday. He was yeah. still going full fucking throttle, yeah. chasing stuff down, and I. He just epitomizes, and again, like like all the players do, that work rate and energy to, and and fighting to win and will willing to win. He just epitomizes it so much, and I love that he got the goal to cap it off as well. Yeah, because I got another stat from uh, from Opta Joe that I will read out as well. It's about Harvey Elliott, and I think because I saw you know comments again Twitter, you know, saying you know he wasn't good in the first <laughs> half and stuff, and I was like, well, he wasn't bad though. Like he wasn't you know, perfect in the final third. Like you said, he probably overpassed or, you know, took the, the wrong decision when it comes to, you know, shooting, whatever. And you were waiting for that moment where he finds that through ball and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can't be, you know, perfect all the time, but he's still young. He's still, you know, mostly coming off the bench to play for us. And it's like against Burnley when he had this impact, you know, two assists making us win in that game. You can't take that away from him. And like you said, he's 20 years old and already made 100 appearances for Liverpool. That's that says something about him as a player and talent. And also it says something about how Klopp rates him because you wouldn't use a young kid like that, even if it's coming off the bench, to come in and have an impact in a game where you need something to happen, because you know that he's got the quality, you know that he's got the work rate, he's not going to be a lazy bastard, he's going to work his socks off, because that's that's what he does. So I'm going to read this stat out, which I really, really like, because of the, the people who gave him shit and say, you know, he's not good enough and all that kind of stuff. It says, age 20, Havelio tonight was the youngest player on record from 2008-2009 to score, have five plus shots, five, create five plus chances, seven, have 10 plus touches in the opposition box, 17, and make 25 plus passes ending in the final third, 27 in a Premier League game everywhere it says it's everywhere on the fucking pitch the, the little map that i can see here it's just loads of red dots of harvey elliott being fucking everywhere doing stuff for us passes tackles running shots creating things so he might not have you know been the perfect in the first half but in the second half and the way he worked throughout the game and the the, the, the performance he puts in the 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 shift and you know the graft and also the technical stuff with the with the passes and shots. And yes, he might have, you know, we want him to maybe score another one or have another assist or whatever, but you can't take away the overall performance that you can read by that stat and you say he's shit because he had a crucial impact on the game for us to win it. So all credit to Harvey Elliott. Massively. Yeah, I saw that one. I absolutely loved it. It's like when you can see, like you said, it's not, 
if someone's not having a like amazing game like first half where it's not quite going for them and then second half and then you can just it's like we've said the whole show like just to keep just keep going just keep going just keep yeah. running um and, and you'll get your rewards and i think that's something that the whole lads every single lad are doing these days and it's just yeah it's it's so boss to see because i think i always think about <laughs> middle of last season where again we were just saying like everyone looks fucked no one gives it looks like no everyone's tired and energy is not energy's gone and whatever now it's like complete opposite and we're, we're showing proper fight and proper energy and that's that's the that should be that's the first thing you want to see like you want to see that first and then sprinkle the quality in as well but you, if you haven't got that work rate you can, you, you're not going to win for Hall, unfortunately. You've got to you've got to work yeah. your ass up every game and have your earlier epitomizes that. Um, yeah, but again, I think. Like, yeah, sorry. I'm just just going to say, you know, I'm I'm you know, I never I never played football and you know at a higher level or anything, but I, you know, I, and you don't want to be like, oh, build yourself up. But I actually see those kind of things when I watch football because I I've been watching so much football and seen obviously live and on TV. And I guess there's so many more people obviously out there doing the same. If you support a team or if you support Liverpool. But if someone just you know goes on Twitter and say Harvey is being crap, he's not good enough to play for us, and doesn't see you know the work rate and the other parts that he puts in, which I, to be honest, see because I can also say yeah he needs to finish better there or that part needs to be better because that's not good enough. It doesn't mean I think he's shit or not good enough for you know playing for us because I see the the runs that he does, the pressure that he puts on the position players, you know the. The tackles he puts in, the balls he wins, because that's what you have to put in as well. You can't always rate a play on the crucial moments where you think someone should have scored or you think a pass should have been, you know, much better. Because yes, you want it to be better, you want them to do better there, and they should do better uh, most of the times because that's when you find your way to win games. But you have to look at the overall performance and see, you know. What did he do defensively? What kind of passes did he put in? Did he, you know, he had some corners, which was really good. You know, he's he's uh, always running, like I said. So there's so many more things that you need to have in perspective when you rate someone and say, is he shit or is he actually having a good game or did he have an overall really good performance for us? I think obviously he was not good enough in the first half. He needed to do things better. He was great in the second half. I think I think it's one of them with Elliot. I think it's because he's not got a defined position really yet. He's a bit like a, a he's right wing. He can play in, in midfield and whatever. And because he's not got blistering pace or he's not got like a proper thing where you go, he's amazing. Like it, it, or like for example, his top ability is this. Yeah, yeah. So like there's some players you go. I think it's really good in everything. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, he's, he's not great in, 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 in he's, certain... He's more rounded. He's, exactly. Yeah. He's very with, good in all things. But like some wingers, like like he's very quick and he's got a good cross on him. He's a good. He's got a good shot. He's got good dribbling ability, blah, blah. He's just got... He's a good all-rounded player. I think it's hard yeah. to... Because he's a Liverpool fan. And then it's like you're trying to fit him into a position where he's needed. Of course, he's been on the bench loads and came off the bench and been so key for us. But I think... He's got his contribution in terms of goals. He can improve on, but he's still only twenty. Like just having a look now, so hundred games, eight goals and five assists. Which we think most of them appearances are probably last fifteen, last ten of a game, exactly. maybe last five of a game, whatever. So I'd love to see. I'd have to break it down yeah. and see. So well, someone would come in straight away and say, "Oh, he's played hundred games for us, but he only scored five. Yeah, but fuck off. He probably just played 10, 15 minutes in most of those games. And sometimes he even, you know, contributes with two assists, like against Burnley. So, again, you have to have the perspective of things. Like, yes, he's played 100 games for us, but he hasn't played 100 
times Full 90 nine. minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's more like, yes, he's coming in because he's good enough, but he's maybe not a starter just yet, but he's only 20. There's loads of talent there. Keep on having trust, keep on having faith, you know, and see where that takes him because I'm sure he will have loads of, uh, you know, uh, games uh, played, full 90 minutes in the future for Liverpool if, if nothing, uh, you know, other things doesn't happen, obviously. Yeah, I think you mentioned, like, um, players having, like, an impact on the game. Like, I think those, like, it's because, like, Twitter's bad for it and I, I don't see that much of it because of I've blocked everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just one of them. Fuck it, I can't be asked. But it's those little moments where, like, like you mentioned, like, grabbing Bear, just winning a tackle and, like, and then you, if you score off it, like, that is so key. And I think we have to talk about Endo and McAllister. We have to because yeah, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> 51 million for both of them in this current market, which is fucking crazy. That is, like, some of the best business you'll ever see. Like, they're just, like, just those little tackles like the 50 50s like just endo winning headers McAllister didn't wasn't given Barkley must have been absolutely fuming like because he just he, he wasn't leaving him alone all game he was just buzzing around him like foot foot in sticking his ass out into him and like trying to get his foot around him and I just I love that yeah since the injury he's he, <laughs> I posted like uh last night like since since injury he's been like Makalele I posted like a Makalele compilation I'm like <laughs> you know what he's like he's looking like Makalele like flying, flying into tackles like good dribbling skills getting on the ball good passes in behind he's one of them players like I guess similar to Harvey like, where he can play anywhere but yeah. then players are just like they're so key man and they're so vital if they can do all the Everything very good and in multiple positions to a high level, and you can yeah. play six, eight as a nine. You can play if if we needed them as a false nine. I just think it's like him and Endo. I mean, it fucking hell, like it's just ridiculous how, especially the. I think these games that we've seen it more like the Brentford and the Luton games where you know you're going to be facing long balls. You know you're going to have to fight. You know you have to work tackles. You're going to have to fly into everything. And I think in these games we've seen just how good they are even like doesn't matter if you're smaller in stature like fighting the heart like they've both got massively is something that we see from both of them and i just fucking i absolutely love it yeah you know what i love with mccallis is that you know he's got he's this little you know playmaker creative playmaker with great feats but he's also someone who's got defensive skills like he knows exactly how to use his body he he, he knows how to screen players off he knows how to tackle and go in in a you know, I would say, I wouldn't say a perfect tackle, but you know how you to use your body to get players out of the way and win the ball or cover the ball. I love that, and that's actually the same with Endo. I would say, you know, obviously McCallis a better player with the ball at his feet than Endo, but I think Endo is actually the baller as well. You know, some passes that he does, so wins the ball, and actually when he puts he wins the ball and puts Gakpo one on one with the goalkeeper, and Gakpo actually just you know get, you know it's a that terrible it. finish. But you know yeah, the way that he that just was. puts pressure on the opposition player, wins the ball and just puts it perfectly through. He got that in his locker as well. So it's one of them where you got this grafter who's really great with you know um, interrupt the opposition play, um, being the wall ahead of the defensive line, you know, being the one that protects them. But he also got the skills of great passes, you know, great finishes. Slow, and he got the chance. We saw that against Fulham. He got the shot in him as well. But you know, I think them two together, just having defensive tasks and duties but with offensive creativity and obviously now with Endo in the team Dan McAllister can go up a little bit further but he's still got the defensive um mindset uh high up the pitch which I know obviously Klopp um players 
and the you know to to, to take the ball back um, high up the pitch, and that's what McAllister does when he plays a little bit further up the pitch, which I love. And then you have got Ando behind him, or they can they can swap a bit in positions. But you know, with them too, it's like two little en- creative defensive engines where you know. Yeah. Everything is really, really good. So, like you said, the total amount that we paid for them, looking what the market is today, you find those. Obviously, we knew about McAllister, you know, playing the World Cup and all that. But you know, to find Endo, this little gem from Stuttgart in the lower um, parts of the Bundesliga, and even a little bit older, you know, going into his thirties and all that. But you look at him now; he's one of the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League, no doubt, because he's playing in the team that is top of the league, and he has a great impact in that role. So, you know, you, when you look at it, I, I wrote to in the group or to, to you last night. I can't remember if it was in the group or to you, but you know, no one knew about Endo before we bought him, and when we bought him, everyone was like, "Who is this? And why are we bought yeah. by him?" And now you look at him; it's like, well, just wait for fucking Real Madrid. To come and get him <laughs> yeah it is it is mad like when you think because i think we mentioned like when he first came in you're like you're not sure because like the age and like Klopp vi- deviating from the um like the the model of like in between these ages only and then he got his own way with endo and you're like well this fella needs to be good really because he's deviated from that and we need a defensive midfielder and i think from the early showings he looked a little bit off the pace but since then Fucking hell, he's been he's been ridiculous. I think before he went off um, to the Asia Cup, he was just unbelievable. I think he's been the he's been the same yeah, since he came back. I was hoping, yeah. I was just praying that he was going to come back in the same form, and thankfully he has, which is just yeah, his boss. Yeah, and when you look at like our like recent results, of course, four one over Luton, four one over Brentford, three one over Burnley. Um, let's not talk about the three one lost at Arsenal, four one <laughs> over Chelsea. Um, 5-2 win over Norwich in the FA Cup. 4-0 win over Bournemouth. Um, yeah, it's like the amount of goals that were scoring, like we keep saying, like the sharing the goals around, which were, which is what we're seeing and why we're seeing all of the lads like with high amounts of all in like plus 10 goals. It's just, yeah, his boss. And I, and I saw another one where it's like most points from losing positions and we're on, I think we're on 22. City are on, I think it was 17 or 18. But I was like, I love this stat, but I also hate it because like, I don't want to keep going one nil behind. I want us to like just like be get a goal early, get a second one, get a third one, three nil, bang, go home, like get everyone off, yeah. bring all the kids on, rest everyone, like rest everyone you can. But I think it shows again another sign of like the mentality and how how good we are, which is which is boss. But we'll leave it there because. Again, we always say we'll do forty, and it turns into an hour. But it's, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to do when there's so much good stuff to talk about with the Reds. Um, but yeah, nice one for listening. If you're still listening, really appreciate it. And uh, of course, like I always say, thanks for yeah keeping um, keeping on listening to us. And we we really do appreciate it. Any feedback we can get, we we take it on board and we try and incorporate it and all that stuff. So keep that coming as well. Um, but as always, really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks to Christian for jumping on once again. And we'll see you all next time, um, probably tomorrow for a little um, small matter of a Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. But um, yeah, we'll see you then. See you later. Ta-ra. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast.
Social Podcast Network.